What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So the questions I'm answering this week are about how to deal with toddler screaming and what to do at home when a child is being disrespectful in preschool. So first, Carolyn wrote, Hello, I've recently started listening to your podcast and following you on Instagram. I've loved hearing your tips and insights and have benefited from them so much already. I have two children, a two and a half year old and a nine month old. My older son has a speech delay and suspected speech disorder. We're currently seeing a speech therapist. We've noticed lots of progress in his verbal communication in the past few months, but definitely has a long way to go. After being assessed by two different speech therapists, he's testing above average in all areas except for verbal communication. I only say that so you know he's a smart boy who comprehends more than average for his age. He is just a late talker for whatever reason. We've had hearing tests and all checks out fine. My question is regarding screaming. He resorts to screaming when he's unhappy. These are short and high-pitched squeals that can drive a person insane and that attracts a lot of looks when out in public. I think this all started when he wasn't able to communicate verbally as much as he can now and it became a habit. I imagine he was frustrated when he wasn't able to communicate his dislikes for something and now it's just what he does. This will happen over a variety of things. If his baby brother touches a toy of his, if a stranger tries to say hello to him and he's uncomfortable with it for whatever reason, if I tell him he can't have or do something he wants, etc. I have tried numerous approaches. Please don't scream. When you scream, that hurts our ears as we cover our ears and make sad faces. Please use your words. Shake your head no. Cover your ears if you don't like when your brother cries. I've lately been trying do-overs and I coach him to try again and help him protest in a nicer way. Our pediatrician says to ignore it. This is doable in our home, but when we're in public and he screams... It's a challenge not to respond, especially when others are shocked by his behavior or when he squeals or in response to a stranger saying something to him. To be honest, it's embarrassing. He's very sweet, fun, and affectionate most of the time, but this habit is driving us crazy. I'm sure it'll get better as communication improves more and more, but I'd like to help him in the meantime. Thank you so much. Looking forward to your advice. So, Carolyn, I think you're absolutely right. This is a habit that's formed and it's continuing because of the speech. So this is common actually because they can't yet form words and so the frustration comes out verbally as a scream and that's where he started. Now two and a half year olds are not known for their impeccable social skills anyway. They're really just in the beginning stages of their social emotional development. But it's also known that delays in development in one area often affect other areas. And in this case, it's the language development that's affecting the social emotional development. And I'm going to talk about these three pieces and how they fit together. Then I'll give a plan for dealing with the screaming, particularly in public. Now, I know I've talked about this before, but for anyone new and just to cover the foundation so everyone can understand what's happening in the development with these three pieces, how they fit together. Emotional development or emotion skills are the basis for social skills. 
They underlie the social skills. Language skills are a part of social skills. Now, they're a lot more than that, but they overlap with social skills as well because they're often how we as humans exhibit social skills, our tone of voice, and it's one of the ways that we engage with others to try to get our needs met. Now, emotion skills are recognizing our emotions. It's very internal. So it's not always easy to see if someone's emotion skills are solid or not. It's hard to tell that with your kids or other people. But the clue to emotion skills is if the social skills are on task. It's how they use their social skills to exhibit the underlying emotion. Now these poor skills, social emotional skills, are not limited to children, as we've all probably seen at some time. This is why I feel so strongly about teaching children these solid social emotional skills, because these are not things they'll just magically pick up. Some people go their entire lives not understanding how to appropriately express emotion and effectively communicate their needs. So their relationships and therefore life in general can be extremely difficult for people who don't get good, solid social emotional skills foundation early on and build on those throughout their childhood and into life. So if, just as an example, if a child can say, my turn was supposed to be next, can I please have my turn now? Rather than just grabbing the toy, if they can express their needs verbally, ask for what they want rather than grabbing, he or she is exhibiting good social skills. And therefore, we also know he or she has good emotional skills or emotional regulation because they're not reacting. They're able to stop and think and ask. So we say a child is socially, emotionally competent when they can get their needs met and keep friends. Actually, that is the definition of socially, emotionally competent for anyone, getting our needs met while keeping friends and not causing some sort of rift or upset. So a child who can share their ideas, cooperate during playtime, and generally give and take and maintain friendships is socially competent. A child who either comes in and bowls everyone over and always has to have their way, and so other kids aren't so interested in playing with them because they're not fun to play with, or a child who's always agreeable to everything and everyone and doesn't share their own ideas or needs or wants. Neither of those two scenarios are the kids considered socially competent. So these are the skills we're working to build in these toddler, preschool, and early elementary years. We're really working to build the foundation for this, which is why Carolyn's question is so great because she wants to help her son build some better social skills rather than just the screaming piece. So I go into depth with expected milestones, red flags, lots of ways to teach and support kids in developing these skills like sharing, cooperative play, joining other kids in play when they're already playing, and those types of things in the classes you're developing toddler and you're developing preschooler on the website at yourvillageonline.com. I also cover areas of development such as motor, language, and several other areas as well. But Um, I'm going to get back to Carolyn's question so that we can get more into this. So as you can see, language comes into play here because without the ability to share ideas, frustrations, other needs, or feelings, it's easy to just get frustrated and act out in another way, especially if your peers are just rattling off their thoughts quickly and you're struggling just to form a sentence. And by that point, they're like three points down the road and you're still trying to respond to something 
three or four sentences ago. So in Carolyn's case, her son's go-to was screaming, and that's actually very common in a lot of kids who are behind in language skills. It just, it, they get frustrated and it becomes a scream, and then sometimes it will become a habit. Now, the good news is he's making so much progress and he will catch up with the language skill. But in the meantime, the screaming for him is still easier. It's his go-to and it even is probably somewhat of a habit, just like Carolyn has mentioned. Or is it Caroline? Sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name. Caroline. Could be Caroline. Um, So it will take some work for him to make the language his go-to. So you're going to keep working with him on that. We also have to keep in mind that frustration and outbursts are still really common at two and a half anyway. So we want to give him a little bit of allowance for that, but I understand that the screaming is is really um, kind of blood curdling. Now, as far as at home, if you're fine to ignore it, you can just ignore it. It's also fine to give him like a one sentence answer. I know you're frustrated, but I can't help you or I can't understand you when you scream. When you can explain calmly, I'll be happy to help you. And you can work on that coaching at home. Now, it sounds like the scream is pretty short. It doesn't sound like it's kind of a knockdown, drag out thing that goes on for several minutes. So in that case, you can just ignore it altogether or you can coach him on it and give him a go-to. And that will actually help him Um, to get another way to work on this. It'll give him another thing to go to rather than just the screaming. So I can see that you're frustrated that your brother touched your toy, but we don't scream. So then you help him practice. You want to work with him on what can you do instead? Please don't touch my toy. Mom, can you help me? Something like that. Give him a sentence that he can go to that he can um, yeah, give him a sentence that he can go to, some language that he can go to and start to use on his own, um, which will give him something in place of the screaming. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? 
Look no further than HomeThreads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Now in public, there's a big piece that I think is very common in parenting and this is our reaction to our child's behavior. We tend to take on or filter what we think other people are thinking. Are some people looking and judging? Possibly, but probably not nearly as many or often as you think. Even if they are noticing, many of them, especially if their parents themselves, totally understand that toddlers can be pretty irrational at times. So if anything, most of them are probably empathizing with you. And I've actually had parents come up to me. One mom even chased me down into the parking lot from inside the grocery store to tell me how impressed she was with how I handled my toddler's tantrums. This was my oldest when he was obviously much younger. He wanted something at the store and I said no and he proceeded to get more and more upset. And I just held my ground. I wasn't gonna give him, I don't remember what it was, a piece of candy or something. She wanted to let me know what a great job I did. Oh, I know what it was. He wanted a piece of candy and he had proceeded to misbehave. And so I said if he didn't you know, get in line, didn't stop what he was doing, um, or if I had one more problem with his behavior, then we weren't, then he wasn't going to get the lollipop. They give him out at the grocery store. Anyway, um, and he went and he got silly and loud and I don't remember, just a little too much. And I just said, no, you're not getting the lollipop today. Anyway, um, you know, she wanted to let me know what a great job I did, which was really, really sweet. And I wish more parents would do this for each other. I think we could all use the support especially, you know, when we're afraid that people are judging us because our kid is just having a complete meltdown. You know, but most people do understand that toddlers have meltdowns and tantrums. It's not if, it's when, and it's a normal part of daily life with a young person who wants to be and do and try and is learning to communicate and learning how to control big emotions. So try really hard to not let what you think other people are thinking affect you. You know, you want to just go ahead and do the job as the parent that you feel is the best way to handle the situation. And if other people are judging, that's not on you. That's on them. Your son is a toddler. He's also working to get caught up on speech. And so he still screams sometimes out of habit. That's still his go-to. I also think what will help you is to have an action plan for when you're in public for handling this. So I'm going to get to that right after a word from our sponsor, ButcherBox. This month, ButcherBox is offering free bacon for life. Sign up now and you'll get one package of the best tasting bacon free in every box for the life of your subscription. ButcherBox bacon is Whole30 approved, uncured, nitrate and sugar free. Right now, new members will get a package of bacon for free in every box for the life of your subscription. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first box. 
So what is ButcherBox? ButcherBox makes it easy to get high-quality meat that you can trust. Every month, ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door. The incredible quality of ButcherBox meats starts with commitment to raising animals humanely that are never fed antibiotics or hormones. Each box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from three different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed box, or our custom box, which lets you choose your own cuts. Now, I love ButcherBox because I can choose what I want. It comes right to my door. They have great recipes on their website. And let me just tell you that the bacon is the best bacon I have ever had. I can't say enough good stuff about the bacon. And ButcherBox bacon is sourced from heritage breed pigs and is uncured, nitrate-free, and sugar-free. So again, to receive $20 off your first box and a package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription, go to butcherbox.com parenting or... Enter parenting at checkout. Go now for the limited time offer. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to get to the action plan for dealing with a tantrum or a screaming toddler in public. So first, remember that your toddler is not in their logical brain during a tantrum. Now, I know this isn't the same case for you, Caroline, because it's not really a tantrum, it's just a scream. But for other parents who are really having struggles with like a big tantrum where they're going on for several minutes... Chances are they'll not be really good at calming down quickly, but after a few times of going through this plan, sometimes they'll be able to get it together pretty quickly. Don't expect it. This way you're ready and prepared if they don't, but you can be pleasantly surprised if they do pull it together. But first you want to label the emotion, and Caroline, this is for you too. I know you're angry that I won't let you keep the toy, but screaming hurts everyone's ears. If you cannot calm down, I will need to take you outside for a few minutes. You'll say this once and only once. If you want to give a second warning, you can give a count like this. I need you to calm down by the time I count to three or we'll need to go outside. No, you're doing this in a loving but firm manner. You're not angry. You're not trying to get revenge. You're not trying to threaten at all. This is a teaching moment. Your child is struggling with giving the right response in that moment to their emotion and they don't know how to do it. So you're going to work with your child to teach them appropriate skills in public. You're sending the message that the behavior is disturbing to others in the store, in the restaurant, wherever you are. So in order to be respectful, we need to go somewhere more appropriate to take some time to calm down. Now, you're not necessarily saying all that, but that's sort of the message behind it. We can't do this right here. If you need to lose control, we need to go somewhere else more appropriate. And there's nothing wrong with them needing some time. Needing a few minutes to calm down, especially when you're two or three and even four for some kids. Then you just push the stroller, the cart, or you swoop up your toddler and head to the exit. You can sit outside. You can even go back to the car. You want to give him or her time to calm down before you go back in. Now, if the screams are short-lived, they're only lasting a few seconds, then you want to give a warning about the scream. Screaming hurts everyone's ears. No one wants to hear you scream. If you scream again, we're going to have to go outside and talk about how you can keep from screaming. 
Now, I know it's not always convenient or fun to have to fireman carry a kid out of a store or a restaurant, but just remember that you're teaching your toddler social skills, what's acceptable or not in public, and it won't last long. Now, a few times of having to leave and most toddlers will quickly figure out how to control the emotions better in public. Now, also, I wanna go back to this screaming because I think it's pretty short. So if it's a really short, quick scream, like I already mentioned, you can talk about if it happens again, we're gonna go outside, but also coach in that moment. So if a stranger comes up and says, hey, and just kind of startles him and he doesn't like the stranger in his face and he screams, just coach him in that moment, like considering he's not going on and on. If it's just a short, like, outburst scream that's a second or two screaming hurts everyone's ears i know that he startled you and you weren't ready to be social right now but we don't scream and then you can give him another go-to behavior whether it's some sort of a signal that lets him let you know that he's not interested in being social a phrase that he can use in place of screaming even if it's just help something like that then he can let you know that he's not interested in being social in that moment. And then you can have him practice right there in that moment so that he can start to get the new habit formed. The next question is about disrespectful behavior in a preschool from Tansy. Hi, Erin. I've learned so much from your podcast and so grateful to have this resource. I'm looking for advice on how to handle a situation with my four, nearly five-year-old being disrespectful to teachers at school. I don't think he understands what disrespect means and he's going through massive transition currently. I try to reinforce boundaries and respect at home without crushing him as he's very strong-willed and I know that channeled well, that is a favorable trait. And so I think you're right on with all of this, Tansy. Transitions, whether it's moving, a new baby, a divorce, or any other bigger life change, certainly causes stress for kids and can be a catalyst for them to act out more. So this could very well be a contributing factor. And it sounds like from what you've shared that the behavior at home is still going okay, but that the disrespect is only at school. I think you're right that he probably doesn't understand the term disrespect or respect and what those mean. And it sounds like what you're that you're doing some good things at home. You're setting some boundaries, you're expecting him to follow and respect them, but you're also allowing room for him to explore his interests. And this is all good stuff. You can start talking with him about respect at home, explaining what it is and pointing it out when he does something respectful, like listening when you ask him to do something. Thank you for taking your plate to the sink after dinner. That was respectful. Thank you for coming to bedtime the first time I asked. That was very respectful. You can point it out in others when people hold the door for you or for other people. When they use please, thank you, and I'm sorry. You can point that out and point out how it's respectful. When you see someone that lets someone else ahead of them in line, point out how that's respectful. Now, these are times to point out the respect, explain what it is, being nice and kind to people sometimes, even when they aren't necessarily always nice to you, that that's being respectful. Talk about how everyone deserves respect. They deserve to be treated nicely. Then you can talk about disrespect, what that means, and point it out when you see it, like when he doesn't listen the first time. Now, I talk to my kids about disrespect when they waste my time. And this is a topic that's always been big in our house, about respect, what it is, how to be respectful to each other, how to treat each other with kindness, and then what disrespect is. And currently, when we have an issue, it's usually about time. And I talk about disrespect 
in the manner of wasting my time. If I tell them we're leaving in five minutes and they aren't ready, they get an earful about being disrespectful of my time. Now kids are notoriously, and this isn't a put down to kids, but they are notoriously narcissistic. We call it age appropriate narcissism. There is also narcissism that's not age appropriate, that's just really bad. But they have this illusion that parents don't have a life outside of them, right? I totally remember this mindset as a kid. It never dawned on me that my parents had their own needs, their wants, life pressures, those types of things. I knew they had feelings and I was kind about that, but I really didn't understand outside of my own world for obvious reasons that they might be stressed or be under pressure financially, or they may have a sick friend, any of those things, partially because we shield our kids from that stuff as much as we can. They don't need to worry about our finances or those types types of things, but they don't take this into consideration. So we have to teach them about respect and disrespect, about that other people have lives and needs, and they may be having a hard day. And how if we're considerate to them, that we can make other people's lives and their days that much easier. Now, I'm not sure in what ways he's being disrespectful, but one of the books I used to read with my kids a lot is called, I Just Don't Like the Sound of No, How to Disagree Respectfully. So if that's something he's struggling with, accepting no, you might want to check out that book. Now, a quick anecdote this week from our house that's actually directly related to the topic of respect and the added bonus of teaching kids to take responsibility. My oldest got the lecture and a consequence about this this week. So I'm sure some of you parents have heard about this phenomenon sweeping the kids' world. Actually, it's probably been sweeping the world of kids and adults, too, for a while now called Fortnite. Fun stuff. My son Carter was supposed to get his shoes on and meet me at the car so I could take him to his Cub Scout meeting. I'm sitting in the car waiting for five minutes. I finally come back in and what is he doing? You guessed it, he's playing Fortnite. So he got the whole lecture about respecting my time and how I was there to take him to his meeting and it's disrespectful to waste people's time. So I told him I don't exist solely to serve him. So, but he took responsibility, he felt very bad. And he gave me a very sincere apology. But I also felt like I needed to take the game away for two days as a consequence, telling him he needs to learn to be more responsible about choosing when to play and when not to. So fast forward to the next day after school. I ran an errand and came home and he was playing Fortnite again. Both he and my husband had forgotten, so he did get permission from one of us. But I had to take it away for an additional two days. So then he was up to four days. And he was, in 10-year-old fashion, upset claiming it wasn't his fault because he forgot. Then, of course, he kind of launched into this other piece. He felt like he had no freedom, that I can do whatever I want and order him around, and he has no say, and he can't wait to be an adult. So he then got my coaching about taking responsibility. The main point I drove home was that I forgot is never an acceptable reason for anything. I had to explain to him that even as an adult, there are consequences and he can never use I forgot with anyone and expect to get off the hook. Not with a teacher, a professor, a coach, a police officer, no one. His boss, no one will accept I forgot and let you off the hook. If you forgot and don't do your homework or don't study for a test, you get the grade you earned. If you forgot your swim goggles and get to a meet, you swim without them. No one is letting you off the hook. If you tell a police officer you forgot your license was suspended, they won't care. You'll get the same penalty anyway, and actually, probably even a worse one than if you just took responsibility. So, he got that whole lecture, and 
took it pretty seriously, and I hope I won't hear I forgot, at least not very often in the future. So feel free to borrow that little speech with your own kids when they conveniently forget. Speaking of which, the new class, Raising Responsible Kids, is coming out next week, and I'm really excited about this one. And Maybe it's because this is really what I'm in the middle of, is really working on the responsibility piece and our kids in their age group right now. But I'll share more about that next week's episode. Remember, there are over 50 parenting classes in discipline, teaching kids how to handle anger, and many other development and health issues and concerns, and so much more on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.